Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, where I am uh, comfortably sitting today uh, all by myself in this environment that we are in. And uh, we're ready to continue helping uh, uh, emerging Orange County technology startups to get off the ground and really uh, join the community of folks that are here to help and grow some of the uh, emerging companies of the next generation here in, in Orange County. So if you have a startup or you're looking for opportunities to get involved in one, you want to invest in the startup community here in Orange County, uh, reach out uh, or you can visit us at oc4v.com. Uh, it's been a long time coming. And uh, I know Nicole and I have been talking about this since uh, last year and, and we had it booked and she totally lost her voice. So I, uh, I'm glad to know that she's fully recovered now. But I'm really excited to have Nicole McMacken with me here today. And before we get to hear from her and all of uh, the amazing work that she's doing in the IT and, and technology community, particularly uh, as we'll talk about making it more accessible and promoting women in technology, which is a, a huge thing that I have a heart for as well. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Nicole. She's currently the CEO of Irvine Technology Corporation which is a, a multi-time award-winning IT solutions and staffing provider. And it really was born here in Southern California. And for over 20 years, they've been working with both local companies and national companies with technology personnel needs. Uh, and they're also really helping them with designing how they think about their teams and how to address technology opportunities and challenges within their organizations. They've consistently been one of Orange County's best places to work. And so they, they clearly have a great culture where they focus on their people, uh, customer service, and performance of the people that are there. And they're also a women-owned and certified business. So we'll, we'll talk about um, what it's like to be that trailblazer in a field that historically has been very male-dominated. Um, Nicole's a leader who loves to develop others on her team. So not surprisingly, they've had the kind of culture and award-winning as a great place to work because, as we all know, people love to feel invested in as uh, employees and part of a team and company. And we're both kindred spirits because we both started our careers in sales. And so I will definitely pick her brain as to how that shaped her as a business professional and as a leader um, because it's something that has always been really, really valuable as an early skill set that I developed and has helped me in really every area uh, of my life as well. Um, she quickly became a top performer in her first company, so I'm guessing she's a way better salesperson than I am. Uh, and she was a, a leader in providing staffing to a, a group of really big companies out there, and you know it's kind of Fortune 100, 200 type companies. And that led her quickly to ascend uh, within her company and um, why she's been able to have such a successful career at a company like uh, ITC. She's very active in promoting women in technology, as I've 
uh, spoken about. And she even started a program at UCLA that is designed to train women professionals how to move into senior roles, uh, such as CIO roles. And so we, I want to talk to her about that program as well, because it sounds like a very neat and also unique program uh, out there in the world. She's a SoCal native. She's a graduate of UC Irvine, so very much uh, rooted here in Orange County. And she's a great example to me of a world-class leader here in our backyard, in our community here in Orange County, uh, accelerating and trailblazing in her industry. And these are exactly the kind of people that we love to feature here on Accelerate OC. Nicole, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Carrie. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's get to the starting line. Tell us a little bit more about Irvine Technology Corporation and your history with the company. Sure. Thanks. So kind of interestingly, um, I've been with Irvine Technology Corporation now 17 years. Um, as you mentioned, I started out uh, in a sales career. Um, funny enough, ITC was at one point in time that you speak of entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, they had a, three owners who had left a very large corporation, uh, First American Corporation, which is, you know, rooted here in Orange County, and decided to have a concept of solutions company and, and to start um, building, coupled with Microsoft, very large portals. Um, and they actually sold that portal and the concept of it back to First American Corporation. And um, one of the owners who, who started the company ended up going back full-time to First American Corporation uh, as their corporate CIO and sat on their board. And so there was no conflict of interest. First American Corporation ended up buying a third of our company. Hmm. I don't know if that's kind of a story that I don't think a, a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. but, um, we then, I came aboard about 17 years ago and started their staffing division and then took over the solutions division as well. And um, back in 2009, uh, we ended up buying out First American Corporation, but they were a wonderful partner for us and really helped in our expansion and growth for IT services, both on the solution side as well as the staffing side. Um, and today, because of that, you know, we're proud to call ourselves, you know, a national IT staffing and solutions corporation. Very, very cool. And uh, again, it's one of those kind of classic Orange County rooted stories. So yeah, very, definitely. very cool to know that, you know, an innovative national leading company was really born and, and bred here through some deep Orange County roots. Very cool. So what have you really seen? I mean, 17 years, obviously the, the IT world has changed dramatically. What have been some of the key changes that you've seen, particularly in the last few years? So, you know, I've been in the industry about 25 years total, you know, obviously with ITC now as CEO for the last 17 years, but the major difference has really come upon us in technology. Um, not only for my specific industry, but for everyone's industry. And what we're seeing through many of our customers nationally is the introduction of um, artificial intelligence and AI tools. They've really kicked off, even so much in our industry, where we're a people industry. So 
you could look at people have different names, they're recruiters, they're headhunters. Um, but what we are is we're, we're people, people. So what technology has done is they've tried to take some of that personal component out and streamline it with, uh, companies now and they're, they're what they're called crawlers. And so as you're sitting in, in, and working in another business, you may see a person come through on, on your email and it says, hi, Nicole, this is, you know, Joe and I'm with so-and-so company. I noticed you are looking for this type of person to come over, but that there is no Joe. That's all mm. computer generated. Mm-hmm. And so you have these crawlers that actually will go out, look for companies match them with candidates and then go back out, find the managers and and they've totally replaced it with human beings. And that is the biggest change that um, artificial intelligence has, has done in our market. UC Irvine, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have heard, but they, um, I heard this about six months ago, they've developed and they're in development of an avatar. So this avatar um, will interview your people for you. Hmm. And by the inflections of the candidate's voice and their questions, they will do a rating. Now, I don't know for myself personally if I ever want to mm-hmm. go where I'm being interviewed by an avatar. <laughs> but, um, you know, these are some of the changes that, that we're seeing. Also, a huge change that I found with broad-based with, with every company. And I know we're going to talk about the, the women in leadership, this mm-hmm. certification program we're doing later on. But one of the reasons I actually founded that program was based upon some of these changes in technologies sure. with the chief information officers. So years ago, um, you as an IT professional would have the business dictate to you, here's what we're doing, here's the plan, go and, build it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. In the last about seven years, that's really changed. And what we're seeing now is the CIO and head of technology has really, in some ways, become almost a CEO because now he is has or she has a place at the executive table mm-hmm. and coming back and saying, here's what I suggest for our future of our company. Here is how to be a disruptor in our industry. Here is how to lead change. And the business then decides to invest in that. And they're saying, here are the tools on how we need to get here and here's the budget. So in essence, it's almost like the tail wagging the dog now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the IT department really moving forward and being the strategy and around the direction of where the company can go and should go. Yeah, this, this is one I want to go. Yeah, that that's a huge topic. I want to actually go deeper into that if you're okay with it. Sure, sure. Um, because there had there's been a really interesting um, shift, and you know what sort of two things that I think have happened as well. So you've had in certain companies where things like SaaS or the cloud has enabled business users to make decisions about technology without using IT. Mm-hmm. And that had, that has all kinds of risks and things associated with it, but I've seen cases where that's happened because now you say, well, I'm outsourcing the support of it to somebody else, so I don't necessarily need it. So that, that, that's been one. 
But on the other hand, you also see, to your point, the most valuable companies out there have a technology or engineering-led type of approach where they are. If you look at Amazon and Microsoft and Google and companies like that. Apple. Yeah, where it's very technology centric or to to your point, you know, the tail sort of uh, driving it. And one of the the questions that I've had, I I feel like, you know, a lot of companies here in Orange County, if we want to just focus in on Orange County, are still a little bit in that um, IT is a internal service provider. It's a cost, not a strategic driver of the business. Yeah. And so I'm just curious from your standpoint, as you think about that, I mean, from where I sit, I go, if they're still thinking that way, they're in trouble because right. that the world is changing rapidly. So as you think about staffing and culture and, and things like that for a company that's still thinking that way, how do you think about that? And, and do you feel like people are making that shift? Because clearly you see it. But, you know, how are you how are you thinking about that when you look at at a lot of the company? I mean, First American or some other, you know, sort of legacy companies around here. How do you think about that? So there's a lot I can share a lot of questions in there, but it's just the shift. I mean, I, I was really excited to hear you say that they are getting a seat at the table and they are and they should. I mean, frankly, you know, technology should be having a much greater leadership position, but they're not in a lot of boardrooms. They're not always, they not always have a seat at the table. So I'm just curious how you're thinking about the companies that are embracing that versus resisting that. Sure. And I, you know, it's funny because um, I think Orange County compared to Silicon Valley are slow adopters. And they're very conservative. And I feel, um, and I see here, particularly in the, in the County, um, that they're getting there. They're getting there slowly but surely. Um, but they're very, Northern California and Southern California are, are, are from a technological standpoint, two, two very different beasts. Um, and the people that work, that really work and, and want to be here are different as well a little bit. But, mm. you know, to answer your question, or, or one of them at least, is that, what we're finding is because technology is so prevalent, you have to keep up. Every, you could even look at the most rural businesses and they are also being automated on the backs, back end to deal with their vendors to deal. I mean, you could even take farming if you wanted. Sure. Right? And you could look at, at that and, and look at all the systems that they now have to put together Mm-hmm. actually sell their product and how it's calculated. I mean, it's forcing technology is breathing down our necks. It is coming and it is coming very quickly. And if you are not adapting, you are no longer going to be in business. Mm-hmm. And if you are not taking the mindset of forward thinking and constantly, how can my business um, stay on par with some of the disruptors? Cause not all of us can be disruptors. My company is certainly not a disruptor, but, but what we have done is look at all the technology that's out there and, and we're keeping pace with it. We're mm-hmm. keeping pace as much as we can. Technology, as you know, is very expensive. It's expensive to build, it's expensive to employ. Um, so, and more and more, what I have seen, Carrie, are more and more 
CIOs are now at the boardroom table. So almost every CIO that I know and that our company works with, they're they're at the board and they're mm-hmm. taking a considerable amount of that board time because their budget and their costs, as you've alluded to, are pretty high. Oh, sure. They're no longer a a division of a corporation that is necessarily just a cost center, mm-hmm. the backbone of the business. If they don't have an IT department in some of these corporations, they're they're not going to be able to function or keep up with their competitors in the space. Sure. Well, and it's not. I mean, IT these days should not be uh, desktop support, right? No. I mean, it is. It is to your point. It is this big stack in the it entirety is. of the business, uh, and so a really strong, I would say, a really strong senior technology leader has to be. Um, really capable and and certainly able to speak across the entirety of the business, from you know the the entirety of the customer life cycle or the entirety of the business uh, cycle to to do it well because there are are potentially competitive threats or opportunities for efficiency gains throughout that. Well, and what we're seeing here here in Orange County especially for companies that don't want to invest they themselves in IT. IT, as you know, we've talked about, is very expensive to run, to have, to employ, as I mentioned. And you had earlier said, yes, you know, going to the cloud and and doing some of these SaaS-based systems and and doing these things, it's it's really helped many companies um, cut the expenses down from housing all of their IT operations. And what it's done is almost, I would say, probably 80% of the customers that that we have and that we work with um, outsource all the the particulars within IT that that don't pertain to their their main function of their business. Mm. So some of these things that, that... where years ago, and, and that maybe that was that's part of the question that you had asked me before. What have you seen in the last ten years? Part of it is is this outsourcing model, because there's outsourcers that do things really really well mm-hmm. and more cost effective than we ourselves can do things. Sure. So um, outsourcing, you know, Q and A, you know, um, sometimes you know we talk about outsourcing to, to even other countries. Mm-hmm. But we, there was big probably 15 years ago, and now I'm seeing it coming back where we're taking back and we're not doing so much offshoring anymore, mm-hmm. which is, is quite interesting. Yeah, I think we're going to see a big shift uh, in that same way in manufacturing after this crisis. Oh, after, right? after this, so, what's going on right sure. now. For without sure. it. Yeah. So, and, and that, you know, that has a heavy technology component to it uh, for a lot of companies, particularly if they're going to think about bringing things back uh, to the northern hemisphere, is they're going to yeah. say, okay, uh, or North America, they're going to say, okay, uh, you know, how do we do this in a cost competitive way, which probably looks like a lot of automation and a lot of, of technology. Yes. So transitioning to sort of the, the situation that we're in right now, how is ITC and, and you and your team, how are you navigating through this? Well, we're fortunate enough that we'll set up virtually anyway. Um, although we have a, a big, large office in Irvine, we have um, many of our, our entire offices set up so that anyone can work remote at any time. Mm-hmm. 
um, with the pandemic coming and, you know, we were kind of a company that was, was way before um, going remote um, mm. when early action. So um, before they had shut down the state of California and they started shutting down the country, we had already said, "Why look, why don't we all go remote? We're able to do so. Um, it's as a company that um, finds people jobs. And now we're finding that, you know, tw- almost, I think, 24 million people are unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really difficult. So as I mentioned earlier, we're an IT staffing solutions firm, and we really practice and stay within that niche. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding is so many people are contacting us. In fact, before mm-hmm. our program this morning, I was having um, some people contacting me on LinkedIn who were staff accountants or mm-hmm you know, within the finance realm and marketing. And we've been contacted by so many people who are out of work in all different verticals. So not only IT, accounting, marketing, mm-hmm. HR, um, et cetera. And so what we've decided to do, because there's so many of our customers who have just shut down, they've just com- closed their doors, especially our retail customers mm-hmm. said, you know, we're not going to be doing business and we're going to be laying a, lo- a lot of these consultants off obviously furloughs and then um, eliminations of some of their permanent headcount. And, you know, what I've done is I've really taken our recruitment organization and I've turned it into a sales organization. And our number one goal is to take these people who are out, who are desperate, who are looking for help, but who are professionals, very Mm -hmm. qualified and outbound, reach out to Mm. customers and, and prospects alike nationally and try to find those people a job. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've had to adapt where, you know, typically in this market, you know, we have um, we're specific to IT. We have a whole fulfillment team that's going out and talking to people within IT. And now what we're doing is we're saying, heck, you know, you go out and you're going to help all these people find mm-hmm. a job. And so jobs are scarce right now. It's very, very difficult where we would run with a few hundred new jobs a day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're running with 16, 17. Mm. So, but many customers of ours alike, especially in, in all different industries, even in the healthcare industry, you know, people, the biggest misnomer is that the healthcare industry is booming right now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Some hospitals are. Mm-hmm. Um, um, medical device companies who are manufacturing here in Orange County, but many, many health companies are are, are not. The electric mm-hmm. surgeries and... Um, you know, it, it goes on and on, but, but, you know, everyone's suffering during this. So we're Absolutely. to, to really try to, to, to help others and, and to use what we have to, to find these people jobs, regardless if they're IT or they're owning or finding mm-hmm. or marketing. That's great. That's great. So as you think about the skills, you know, there are a couple other folks here locally and I have been talking for several years, sort of in a bit anticipation. I none of us was predicting something like COVID nineteen, but a lot of thought that there's been a higher job retention here in Orange County, uh, in in people that have stayed with companies for much longer periods of time. Certainly than I have. I've I've been through you know living in the startup world like I have for most of the last twenty years. The cycle times are really really fast. And so I sort of have this natural adaptability 
uh, and maybe it's a paranoia, but constantly learning. And so I'm curious, as you think about people who are coming out of companies that they've been in, I think now forcibly in some cases where they're coming out, they've been at a company for 10 years or even 20 years. And now they're out into this world that's a totally different world than the one they probably uh, were in 10 or 20 years ago as far as how to find jobs, the process. I, I would argue that you know the idea of apply to a job on a job board, submit a resume and a cover letter is just a 0% chance for finding yeah. an opportunity. So I look at what you're doing and saying you're actually going to have a much better chance to help a lot of people. But what are the skills that you feel like can make your job easier to market people to these companies or that people should be thinking about? Because I know there are going to be a lot of people that listen to this that are in my audience that are sort of going, yeah, I'm out of work right now. And we, we tend to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. But there's, I think, a lot of the same kinds of skills that people need. But what are, what are the skills that you're looking at in somebody and going, okay, I can probably help you go find something. And it's not just a resume. You know, it's, it's interesting because there's, uh, there's, I'm going to give you two, two separate sides of things. Mm-hmm. And within IT, it's almost, Carrie, it's like you, um, in, in Orange County, tends, as you mentioned, even within technology, to, to keep their employees longer. Mm-hmm. From a technology basis, on a national level, that's not always the best thing for the employee, believe it or not. I totally agree with you. And it's it's because your skills, um, they're not as acute. Uh, you're not being exposed to different technologies. There are so many new technologies that are released daily. Mm-hmm. And really, if someone's staying within a company over five to seven years, um, some clients perceive that as being outdated sure. right? on the, on the technology. Side. I can tell you as if I, as a hiring, if I'm hiring for a fast growing company that I'm going to look at that generally speaking as a, as a very, as almost complacency. Yes. Uh, whether I should or not, I would need a really clear story. It's that whole, uh, that whole notion. If, if I'm the CEO of a company and we haven't yet gone through a digital transformation, in a significant way, and I look at the team that I have, I'm going to be very uncomfortable that they're the right people to lead us through it. And I, I believe that many companies out there feel feel exactly like you do. We sure. see um, many really well-qualified individuals sure. market um, not moving over to new companies because they've stayed at their existing job for for really just too long and then on the flip side you see you know people who are who are moving every year to two years and then companies don't want to see that either so you look and what we found over the years is okay i think five years three to five years is really a sweet spot and especially for for dynamic companies that are looking for talent to um who bring energy, who bring know-how, who bring experience, who bring a, a lot of different variables, um, you know, anything really over that mark, you know, they're just not taking and they're not hiring at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting. So, how how do you think about if I am you know newly I've I've been even uh, three to five years uh, and I'm newly available now because of what's happened. What what is, beyond tenure? What what are you lo- looking for that demonstrates? Hey, I'm on the front edge of what I know what's happening. I'm showing some adaptability. I'm showing some capability to to sure. learn and evolve. What what are the things that you feel like people should be really demonstrating there? Well, I first of all, if you're if you're looking for for a new opportunity. Um, it would be very helpful for you. Like you said, Carrie, earlier, you know, these, I call them the, the abyss. People send their resumes in and they never hear anything. Perhaps maybe they'll get an automated message that spits back out. They're well qualified for the position. And this is where you kind of go back to the roots of human beings, mm-hmm. human beings, the human touch. I had um, a lady that I was speaking with uh, just last week, as a matter of fact, she's perfect for a job. It's for a CIO position. And she submitted herself through the portal. And she said, well, I, I'm probably never going to you know, hear back. And I said, you're probably not. I said, so this is what you need to do. Number one, I would recommend that every single person who's looking for a position is to alert their network. And a referral into a corporation is better than anything you you, you can get. And I also recommended to her, I said, please send a cover letter and specifically outline why you are the right person for this position and let them know that you submitted yourself and send it to the CIO or send it to the head of HR and copy them and send it. Because I don't know about you, Carrie, but I never get mail anymore. But when I do, it's a thank you note for something, or sometimes I'll get a, a, a resume. And with so many emails coming through every day, I probably get four or 500 maybe a day. You know, you don't pay attention as much. But when you open something physically in your hand, you look at it, you tend to read it more. And that's going back to, I'm wondering... Sometimes if this whole technological with AI and life cycle and this is really going to at some point go back to the roots of human humans to humans. And I think we're seeing this a little bit in this quarantine, right? You're getting back to spending time at home with your family, not going out to dinner, not being preoccupied by all these other things, but going back to doing puzzles and board games and mm-hmm. things. And I wonder at a certain certain level if that will change as well from the some components of it on the business side. But I do believe that you should send something physical as a, a resume mm-hmm. cover letter to the company. I think it'll draw attention to to you as if you were, you know, if you are in fact looking for a new opportunity. I do secondly, I think that I would tell your listeners that, you know, how involved are you in, in, in your network? How involved are you in different user groups, whether it be in your in human resources? What, what organizations are you part of? How are you trying to make Orange County a better place? People are interested in that above and beyond just your skills. You know, who are you as an individual? What have you done? And, you know, I tell people all the time on their LinkedIn profiles, you know, share things and, and start things and, and be a part of something. Because when people look you up, they want to have a real clear understanding about just about who you are 
and, and what you stand for and some of the things that you're you're proposing and, and some of the things perhaps that you're against. Mm-hmm. And it gives companies who are interested after they physically open up that cover letter and they say, let me go check this person out. And sure. they look on your LinkedIn. And you know, I, I always advise people, you should, you should um, you probably be careful with your other means of social media. They're looking, your employers are looking there too. Of course, that's right. Don't want to paint a, a, a bad picture, right? Yeah, and if you're totally off of it, I, I met a guy a couple of years ago who had completely gone off of social media altogether. He had no footprint. And he had a really good explanation as to why, because of, you know, he was he was doing some things uh, on the technology side, more in the cyber space. And he he felt like it, it helped him to be better by being really under the radar. And so it was an interesting perspective. But to your point, that's not the norm. And, you know, we're going to we're going to be judged or evaluated online in this day and age, whether we like it or not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of these ones that says, I, I don't necessarily need references from you because you're going to give me the references that are going to say nice things about you. I, I'll go find the references because mm-hmm. um, I, especially here, I probably have the network to do so. Sure. And so I think that that is something that people have to absolutely pay attention to. So let's let's go to I, I think, you know, one of the things we connected on last year was this really cool program that you were launching at UCLA. I'm, I'm a Bruin, so I had a particular uh, affinity to it because of that as well. But tell my audience about this program and what led you to say, you know what, there needs to be uh, a new type of certificate program to equip more women in, in leadership. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, this is, I would say, my, my biggest passion. Mm-hmm. And it all stemmed out of um, something I was doing, I was asked by an Orange County-based company in the finance sector to um, to come in, um, do some things within their organization. And it ended up, um, they wanted me to set up um, their IT department and their business were not communicating well, which is, is not atypical. Never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And so... Um, I was to come in and, and basically set up a monthly steering executive steering committee to to um, to ensure that their business and their IT. So I kind of would sit in between and kind of make sure that the the business was um, getting what they needed and IT was also getting what they needed. And um, so I had gone into this, uh, I don't know if I told you this this story before, but I had gone into this office and um, we met in the boardroom and, and it was all men. And um, it was me. And I did about an hour and a half presentation on how things were going to work and, and mm-hmm. on and so forth. And um, as you know, I'm a, a blonde woman. And um, at the end of it, a two gentlemen had come up to me and they had said, Nicole, they said, that was fabulous. It was great. They said, gosh, we weren't expecting that. It was so good. And I looked at them both and I had this huge smile on my face. And I said, well, I don't know if I should thank you or be insulted. <laughs> and, well, and they go, oh, no, yeah. no, we didn't mean it like that. I said, no, I know. I know. I said, but, you know, I said, um, we're going to be working together for a year. Mm-hmm. I said, and um, I said, there's going to be a day when a woman walks in to a financial company 
I said, a blonde woman, nonetheless. I said, there'll be no preconceived notions. You're going to expect that that person knows what they're talking about. And we all had a good laugh and they're dear friends of mine. But Uh so the very next day I ended up having uh, lunch with a a friend of mine, Dr. Subhu Murthy, and he's a CIO and um, he uh, had developed a a software company to compete with um, ServiceNow, which is a Uh big big corporation down San Diego. And so um, I was telling him the story, right? More of, oh my goodness, you know, and then we, it, it went away from a fun conversation to a serious conversation about why is it still with the role of the CIO changing in the last seven years so much? We talked uh-huh. about tail wagging the dog and how the role of the CIO really relates to the strengths of women, right? So the role of the CIO now versus how it used to be was the CIO had to be very, very technical and really took accountability and had to know, you know, how to, how to develop, how, how infrastructure would run the nitty gritty and, and perhaps, you know, typically came out of a development role, CIOs did. And, you know, you could, you can go back to, you know, 20 years ago when, when, you know, you always would say men like to tinker and they're the ones doing the remotes and doing this and the women are, are more project managing. Well, still to this day, you see um, more women coming up through the business analyst project mm-hmm. management side of the business, a lot of on the development side and versus, you know, versus men, but um, who came up straight through the, the hardcore technology side of things. Mm-hmm. With all these different technologies and outsourcing capabilities that we spoke of earlier, what we're finding is that these leaders, number one, need to be strategy oriented. They have mm-hmm. excellent communication skills. They have to have excellent project management skills. Um, they need to hire the best and communicate with them. They don't necessarily need to be the ones anymore that know everything about the ERP right. system. But you have to know more, I would say. You you have at to, least broadly speaking, right? As we talked about earlier, you, yes. you have to really understand the whole business, not just uh, a server infrastructure. No, you're 100 percent right. You have to understand the business. You have to understand IT on a broad base, and it lends itself so nicely to women For and sure. strengths. Sure. So yeah, so so why why in this lunch we asked ourselves, are we not seeing more women? at that level. And at a time when more and more companies are looking for women leaders and look for diverse groups because there's statistics behind it that say your return on investments when you have boards that are diverse, that when you have gender diverse leaders are in effect um, seven to anywhere from 12%, depending on, on what you're talking about, more effective. So why aren't we seeing that? So Supu and I mm-hmm. pledged that we were going to go back and do some investigating around it. And we got back together. And what we came up with and what our research dictated really is not the glass ceiling that women are being held down. And it's not that um, men are making it difficult for women. And again, there, there are isolated cases of that. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, naive as is to say 
it's, it, you know, everything's roses. But what we found was that women lack the fortitude to, to put themselves in those positions to even apply for them. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way for me to, to, to share this where your listeners will really understand it is if, if a woman goes and looks at a job description, let's say there's a hundred items on that, that job description, and they'll go through and they'll say, mm, okay, I only had 95 of the hundred. I will not apply. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and take another class. I'm going to go get more proficient in these five elements before I even put my foot forward. A man will look at it and he'll look at the hundred items and I'll say, hmm, I have 64 of the hundred. I'm perfect for the job. I'm going to go for it. And it's that difference in a woman's mentality and a woman's thinking. And sometimes many people go and you, you're, you're taking a position, but you're learning on the job. Absolutely. I tell, I only take 50, I call them 50% jobs. That's the only thing I will sign up for is something where (laughs) I sort of know 50% and 50% of it. I have no idea, but I have to go figure it out because that's what, I get energized and excited by. So I'm, I'm, I'm exact. I can so resonate, but I've had to convince others at times in my career, uh, as I'm thinking about it now, even particularly some women who've been some of the best people I've ever worked with. I've had to convince them to join me on that journey to go, you, you got this. And that 50% will be worth going and figuring out. Um, and that's how you grow. And it's so that's really of, interesting. Really, it is, and it's the lack of confidence. And so, what I I said to Subu is, I said, knowing this, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And we started it in Orange County. And uh, I, because of my industry, I I'm fortunate enough to know many CIOs, men and women alike. And I said, listen, let's let's have lunch and let's talk about a program I'm thinking about putting together, and what the program entails is um, CIOs coming and teaching and talking about what their roles are within specific um, jobs that they have to do within that role. So for instance, presenting to the board, that's a a, a role that the CIO Mm -hmm. does. Um, Project management, um, what does it mean to be a CIO? Oh, security. You're responsible for the security of the company. You're responsible for data analytics. And these are some of the things that you're responsible for. So I had 13 CIOs jump on board, some of them from the most prominent companies in Orange County. And they said, we're in. And it's free because I didn't want to give women an excuse on not to. And we did a test pilot with 15 um, directors that, that were women. And um, we did over a 15-week period and had CIOs come in and, and teach the, the course. And it, it wasn't necessarily technical as it was functional. Mm-hmm. And it showed these women that you can do this job, that you're equipped. And it was able to build, um, which was really nice, uh, the women in the course um, to build a, a nice peer community for them that they can talk to other women in higher level roles about their struggles and their challenges as well. And we saw incredible results from, from our first course. And um, right away, we saw women um, negotiating 
and um, which is kind of interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll hurry up. I know we're, we're near out of time, but only 17% of women actually negotiate nationally for themselves. Hmm. Um, staggeringly low number compared to men who were up in the 90s. Hmm. And so we saw women immediately taking roles um, outside uh, of what they're comfortable with and applying and getting them. And um, we've had tremendous success. UCLA contacted me. They were interested in the program. Several other universities as well have contacted me. And we redid the program and we had 30 some odd people, women in the program from director to senior vice president um, at our UCLA. It just, it just ended um, last month. And the same thing happened. Hmm. And women started bubbling, bubbling, bubbling to the top. And they're taking... I would say a third of our class within probably the seventh week had, had gotten promoted or taken new jobs and amazing. amazing statistics. And now we're trying to figure out how we're going to take this and, and run it on a national level because it's really gone viral. And um, UCSD has um, spoken with us about uh, taking it down there. And, um, you know, we have women from all over the country. So maybe, maybe it's something that we, we take virtually especially now that, you know, this, these times, but mm-hmm. um, it's a passion of mine. It's, it's free. It'll remain free. And um, it's just, you know, the women are so grateful and it's something, it's a lot of time, but it's, I love, you know, and, and it's wonderful for my daughter to see, to see this going on, not only for me leading, mm-hmm. but, but of course for these women and, and seeing everything that they can do. It's That's fabulous. awesome. Yeah. So it occurs to me, I'll just throw this out, that there are probably a lot of elements of that that could be really valuable to women who are thinking about being entrepreneurs as well. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Probably anybody, but but particularly women. So we may have to talk about that one because obviously, yes. you know, my, my mission is to embolden, inspire more entrepreneurs. Uh, because you know, part of part of the challenge that I've seen, I've been here a little over fifteen years, is I don't think we have uh, emboldened and inspired enough entrepreneurs to go take on that. I mean, we we just talked about the retention of people in these companies, and I think there's a natural sort of uh, destruction and creation that should be happening in an economy, and I think here in Orange County over the last 15 years since I've been here, it hasn't been at the level of dynamicism of other parts of the country. No, I agree. And uh, that we have a lot of latent entrepreneurism that um, because we don't have as well-connected a community as other places, we don't have as much clear support systems in place for early entrepreneurs, we don't have enough storytelling of successes, that that has kept kept it down, probably um, to your point on women uh, in the technology space that it's kept, and I think it's beyond women here, I think it's kept uh, a big group of people down from a confidence standpoint of, do I see myself in other people's shoes to go start and grow a company here? Do I have what it takes? And I totally believe we have it all here. It just needs to be better pulled together uh, and shown the people to say, you know, you, you have the right start. Um, we're here to support you and help you really uh, go build something amazing because we need a lot more jobs for your daughter and my kids 
um, to be able to come back here and have a life that that can thrive here in Orange County versus the trajectory that we're on right now. No, I agree. And I I think that Orange County is 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 not perceived as as the mecca of innovation. It's it's not a you know it it's it's just it it's there's no um real support system for entrepreneurs here where you see so many incubators and different types of companies up in the Bay Area mm-hmm. and other parts of the com- the country because it's that storytelling and even with the women in this class you know we talk about going on to a corporate website and looking at their executive team right it's no different from entrepreneurs right you're looking for evidence that things can be done in that geographical area. So whether it be women or men going on and looking at a website and saying, wow, none of the people here look like me at the executive level. This isn't the company for me, Mm -hmm. the spot for me. Mm -hmm. Looking at Orange County, I... My first thought is, no, this is not. And I know you see Irvine's done a great job with incubators, right? And they're trying hard. And I, and I know that. But um, you, you, don't, you don't think Orange County and you don't think, wow, startup. Wow, look at, look at cutting edge. Because our support system isn't there as a community. Mm-hmm. There's it's no- not visible. It's not. It's right. not the pieces it's not are openly there. visible right. for people. Right. And there's right. no storytelling going on. And it's almost as though... I, I perceive Orange County and the businesses that we work as everyone's kind of siloed. We do our own our own thing and no one's really out there in their network helping others. I don't see companies. And, and again, it's it, they may be out there, sure. but you're right. I don't hear about them. Mm-hmm. What about taking, you know, companies and saying, hey, you know, the larger corporations or mid-sized corporations like mine taking other companies and saying, hey, let me introduce you to my network. Mm-hmm. Let me kind of help you in your space. Let me let me do a use case for for customers that that would possibly want to do business with you. But I, I don't see the extension there of of us as human beings and within corporations really helping others, right. you know, which which would promote our own county. That's right. Yeah. I, I, so a lot of my conversations on this show uh, over the last year have been about how to envision providing unfair advantage to entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And how, do, how do you convince your colleagues to say, let's buy local, let's support local. And uh, in many cases, I'm, uh, you know, I've talked to bigger company CEOs, CIOs, others here and said, the best thing you could do here is give a chance to an early entrepreneur here who has a solution, like you, you mentioned, a, a ServiceNow competitor. Give them a chance. Be a beta customer. Give them right. feedback. Give them access. Give them some advantage for trying to do it here. And I think the that pent-up, that historical ability to keep people in your companies has actually caused some of this challenge because people have been comfortable yes. and they haven't felt like I need to go out and contribute. I need to go out and network. I, you know, far too often I hear from people and I'm sure you are as well, who they haven't networked for 10 years. They don't know anybody. And now they're in a needs where they actually need something. Yeah, and I mean, I know I'm the extreme. I I haven't had a resume in 15 years, and that's and how I don't and even, that's you know, I'm not hireable. But but 
<laughs> uh, you know, I have to go create things on my own because, you know, but, but I think the point is, is that like, we all are in this together. And I mean, it, it, hopefully this crisis is reminding us of our humanity and our community and that we have to support and invest in each other. And that, that's how we all really move forward together. And, it, and it's abundance. It's not, you know, I win, you lose. I agree. And I, I feel that what lacks in our in Orange County and our community um, of businesses is the excitement, right? Mm-hmm. The excitement. Hey, did you hear that this person and the network like we talked about is opening up this business and this is what they're going to do. That'll be really interesting. You know, we just don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 and it needs to really change um, right. for us to grow. We, we don't want to to fall behind the times uh, because of our own, you know, conservative, you know, but just staying in my own lane. Sometimes it's better to, to get help getting someone else's lane and it helps you grow as a person. That's right. Well, I mean, think about the program, like the program there's, and this is why I did this. I felt compelled after all my years here. I was like, there are amazing people here doing world changing things like launching a program like you did. And I am the fortunate one that gets to meet people like you every day and hear the stories one-on-one, but not enough other people get to hear them. So I, I'm going to do my small part and, you know, record our coffee conversations and share them with people. And yeah. it's been really fulfilling because people have said, thank you. And that's yeah. enough for me. I don't, you know, I, I look at if, if this can help encourage or inspire one person, that's a, a step in the right direction. I agree. And thank you for doing this. That's well, yeah. It's a, pa- it's my passion project, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. Well, we're definitely getting uh, thank you so much for joining Nicole. It's been super fun. Um, last thing I'd love to do and kind of final lap is to allow, uh, you know, my guests to share, uh, you know, you've, you've shared a lot of insights and really interesting wisdom, but do you have any kind of key lessons or advice that you have for other leaders here who are maybe feeling some of the same things we are about. We need to make it more exciting. We need to make it more inclusive. Any, any thoughts you have uh, for the audience that I can, I can share? Thoughts around, well, I, I do, I kind of just what we spoke about, right. Is to me, someone said this a long time ago, I read it somewhere is, um, you know, your network is your net worth Mm. and for to always maintain a strong network because it's those people, um, as, as we talk about, you know, incubator companies and individuals alike who are going to provide you direction, feedback, introductions. Um, they're, they're really going to be there for you. And the more that you take and, and, and you're there for them as well. And that's really how I've built my business. Um, is through my network. And we're not a company that goes out and um, advertise necessarily, but we we built it through the work that I've done and and a lot of the people who work with me and, and, and their networks. And, and I think that's the strongest thing that a, an emerging company could, could consider as mm-hmm. well as an individual. And um, sometimes I see with um, some of these startup companies, that they um, they tend to uh, focus so quickly on the 
product, right? Then sometimes the customer who mm-hmm. some beta testing and things, mm-hmm. and then, um, and I I would would tell them that make sure at the end that you strive for customer service no matter what stage you are in a business, whether you're a startup or you're a 20 year old company like my company is, is that listen to your customer while you have the chance, right? Because they're gonna they're they're not always gonna be there. And so take care of people. And I think tried and true in life is just take care of people. Absolutely. So much, so much great stuff right there. That was that was awesome. So thank you. Yeah, so much you. for joining me today and for sharing your your perspectives and your experiences and so much wisdom there. And I I could not be more excited about the program that you've launched uh, for women uh, to help give them those uh, insights and confidence. And uh, I, I know you know that is only going to to grow. And I do want to follow up and talk about how do how do we make that available for even potential entrepreneurs, and that maybe a lot of those women that you're even working with could be our they, next generation yes. of entrepreneurs. So let's let's talk about that, but. You're definitely doing your part to accelerate OC. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 